Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the On Twos podcast. My name is Nathan Talon, and with me today, as always, is Lucas Cecita. And we're back from a bit of a Thanksgiving hiatus. And we're instantly throwing an audible in your face where I know that we said that um, the next movie would be Whisper of the Heart. But uh, Luke and I both had the privilege of seeing a very special animated movie in the theater in IMAX at an early access showing here in our home, well, not my hometown where we live currently. Um, And we decided that (coughs) we need to talk about this movie and uh, we have an animated movie podcast. So... It's one of the biggest animated movies of the year, and it's called The Boy and the Heron, or How Do You Live, which I think is a better title, but whatever. The Boy and the Heron, Miyazaki's final film, probably not final film, who knows, but let's just say that uh, if it is his final film, what a swan song to go out on. Um, And kind of what we're thinking for this episode, since we rarely do... Uh, newer releases is we're going to start with kind of spoiler free just in case you haven't had a chance to get out and uh, watch it yet and then we're going to dive into kind of no holds barred and just talk about whatever we want to talk about so we'll give you a warning before then but um, so yeah we're going to start with just our brief overall thoughts and kind of you know base level ideas about the movie and I'll toss it over to Luca and see what he has to say so how how was your IMAX viewing experience of this movie Luca? Well, uh, I would say that anyone going to see this movie should try their best to go and see it in a theater. Bigger the better, honestly, so getting to see it in IMAX was a true treat. Um, Yes, I did smoke a bowl before walking in. Yes, I did pop an Eddie while in the theater. So uh, we were flying even before the, (laughs) you know, curtain started uh, rolling and whatnot. But (coughs) frankly... um, I thought it was incredible. I thought the scale of it um, was so large and the worlds were so lived in. Um, I, it's funny because uh, only a couple months ago, I feel like we went to see Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's those listening will probably laugh. But, you know, I'm late to the game with the Ghibli stuff. So, And even to this point, there's all kinds of stuff I haven't seen yet. You know, I haven't seen Castle in the Sky. I haven't seen Wind Rises. So... You know, from a limited viewing experience, uh, well, I mean, you know what? At this point, I have a decent list. You got a good chunk. Yeah, yeah it's like I've seen Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Totoro, um, Princess Mononoke. Porco Rosso. Definitely Porco Rosso, huge fan. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service. So, I've, you know, I've seen a handful of them, and frankly... Not to go too crazy, but this is probably in my three favorites for sure. sure. This is probably number three for me um, of what I've seen up to this point. But, yeah, I thought it was absolutely magic, man. And, frankly, I haven't felt some of those. Like, honestly, it made me feel similar to getting to watch a Spielberg movie for the first time and just some of the set pieces and some of the just the big grand adventure of it all and Um, some of the themes they're diving into, you know, I think a movie like soul is something that we both, you know, that resonated with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie has some similar themes and things that it's tackling. And frankly, I think even tackled better. Um, and obviously, uh, just like any other of this guy's movies, it's going to leave you scratching your head at some stuff, still wrestling with some ideas. And so I think that this could even be one that benefits from, a rewatch, you know, on a scale of Ponyo to Spirited Away in terms of it 
kind of being accessible versus weird. This is definitely more on the weirder side, and there's definitely a lot of adult themes and things in there. So it's I wouldn't maybe describe it as the best, you know, get the whole family together, yeah. you know, sort of vibe. But you know, I'm an adult. I'm an adult, so I had a blast at the movies. What about you? Yeah, I think I think there's just something to be said about, and I was like you know, reflecting on it a little bit before, uh, we sat down here and, you know, it was, it's, you know, it's a special year where you get to, uh, you know, some of the best filmmakers ever have films that release in IMAX. And I was able to see both of them with Scorsese and Miyazaki, where it's like, here's two masters towards the ends of their career. And luckily they get an IMAX window that they're able to show their movies, um, and, you know, I don't take that for granted. I'm glad that I got to see this movie where I did. Um, because, you know, he says that he's working on another one. You know, I hope that he's able to finish it. And that because it's like they talked about how, um, you know, in his younger years, he used to do like 10 minutes of animation a month, which is that's even crazy to think about. And now he does like one minute by himself. And so he has to rely on his team a lot more where it's like he would be the primary primary animator on a lot of his movies Mm -hmm. um and this is one that he had to he basically just did all of the storyboards in-depth storyboards for the movie and relied on his team to animate it which the animation is absolutely beautiful some of the best ghibli's ever done um but yeah man i i loved it like you said i think every single one of his movies specifically um after a first watch i'm always taken away like you said it's just magical um, this is once again another fantasy adventure that you're used to seeing from him. Um, but it, it's like there is some stuff that it's like I want to dive deeper into, which means watching it however many times I will throughout my life, um, especially this one where you can tell that this is a man towards the end of his career, towards the end of his life, <coughs> reflecting on a lot of the things that not only in his life but in his career and talking through a lot of that stuff as well. And I thought that... Um, he does it once again through this, you know, the traditional Miyazaki Ghibli lens of a kid going on a fantasy adventure, which is great. But this is like some of the visuals in this one are unbelievable. Um, and uh, I just love the whole idea of why he did this film in the first place, where it's like based on that book of uh, how do you live? Or I may even be getting that name wrong, but I think that's it. And it was just like him not being able to answer that question, so he decided to make a movie instead. Hmm. And I think that just shows Miyazaki where it's like his whole thing. He even He's even down on all of his own work, even though everyone praises him. Um, this is a man that all he can do is create things and you know create worlds and stuff like that. And I think this movie kind of dives into that, and we'll talk a little about that more in the spoiler-filled stuff. But, I mean, overall, I think it's another uh, fantastic movie by Miyazaki solidifies him even though it was already solidified that he's one of the greats but more than anything and we've said it countless times on this podcast already but it's like this is a man that deserves to be in the conversation when it comes to all-time great filmmakers and and the ones that know know and they always do put him there but um it's he's definitely a person too that kind of maybe gets sidelined because it's all animated and he doesn't he has a lot of movies, but he also doesn't have a lot of movies compared to some of these other directors because they just take so long to make. Um, where it's like this one started uh, 2017 is when it started production on this one. So it took 
six years to make just this movie. How old is he? In his 80s, I believe. Let me give you a, a fact check here. But I think that, like like we already said, it's like try to see this in the theater, in IMAX if you can, but at if not in the theater. Because, you, you know, this is a... This is a, a great filmmaker at the end of his career continuously making still fantastic movies that deserve to be seen, especially the spectacle in this movie alone is worth seeing. Even if you don't fully grasp what it's going through, if you just watch it as a straight fantasy adventure with insane visuals, you get more than your money's worth with this one. Um, and, yeah, I'm just grateful to live in a time that uh, Miyazaki was alive. Well, truly. dude, we lucked out because we got a poster walking out the I door, know. too. So it's like... Man, I really needed that because the last poster I got, I think, was for MI7, and I had to throw that shit in the garbage Damn. afterwards. Um, that shit hurt. If it was Fallout, different story. Then That's we're, true. Yeah. That's true. Um, he is 82 years old. You know what? I'm feeling a little optimistic because your boy just went to see Kiss on their farewell tour. Sure. Gene Simmons was killing it at 74. Frankly, you know what? I think he's got it in him. We'll see what it is, though. I feel like this is, you know, you watch The Wind Rises, and who knows, a little tease. Maybe that may find its way into this season. But you watch that, and people were kind of praising that as he even said it himself that this is my final film. And he said that even after Howl's Moving Castle. So it's like, this man's going to never retire. He's making movies till he dies. But you watch The Wind Rises, and even that movie feels like someone saying goodbye. Mm. Um. And then you watch this movie, and especially the end, and you're like, nah, man, this is him saying goodbye. I, like, don't know unless he goes back to maybe, like, I think it would be very awesome if he went back and, like, his final one was more of, like, a Totoro or a Ponyo where it's, Mm. like, you know, a short little, you know, beautiful tale like that I think (laughs) would be be special to end the career on as well. But, um, yeah, this is a person that, you know, he, I feel like even though he, there's all the memes of him saying filmmaking is pain, I don't know why I do what I do and all this stuff. I think that this movie tackles with a lot of that as well. And um, he's just a master, man. Oh, he's this, a master I, filmmaker. There's no way to watch this movie and not think that this man's fighting demons every day of his <laughs> life for sure. Like, there's this shit hurts. Which is why there's that fun conversation of art through pain, and is that what you need to create good art and stuff like that? But I think that's what this movie talks about too, and it that's why it hurts good though. It, it hurts, hurts good. good. It hurts good. Um, and I love that this kind of takes, and you know, part of a lot of the feedback from people that saw it at festivals and stuff like that say it's taking a lot from all of the other movies that he's worked on, and you for sure see that in every aspect of this movie for sure. Um, I mean, once again, it's just great characters, great character designs. Um, locations are beautiful and magical. They, There's a couple shots in this movie that they can just cut and add right into that nature scape thing. For, uh, <laughs> like, well, even the sound design <laughs> yeah, of certain dude. moments was just scratching that itch, man. It was great. Which is, you know, that's always been an important part of the Ghibli movie to make it, you know, feel a little bit more lived in and something that, you know, in the early days, they would change the sound design for Western audiences to the point where Miyazaki would get pissed. And he's like, no, you can't release it over there if you're going to change it. So it's like you either release it as is or you don't release it at all. I don't care if I'm giving up money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was like that notorious thing where he sent like a sword or something like that to Harvey Weinstein. 
That's literally life. one of the most gangster stories I've like, ever heard in my life. Don't change the shit. This is my cut. Don't change it. Um, which shows how, first of all, you know, of course, F that man. But second, uh, this is a person that takes his craft very seriously. And, you know, to a point where it's like, yes, I can understand if, you know, having a conversation or even a relationship with this person may be a bit straining. Um, but I think he realizes that as well. And you see it just, he's kind of putting it all out there in this movie, which I appreciate. So, um, yeah, man, support animated movies, um, at the cinema, go see it. Um, and just, you know, kind of pay tribute to this great filmmaker and, uh, see the movie, how it's meant to be seen. If you have, if it's playing by you, which I think it should be playing. G kids usually does a good job of releasing these movies wide for at least a couple weeks. So, um, try to see this movie ASAP. There's, you know, there's a handful of things I still haven't seen this year. Um, but I can pretty comfortably say this is absolutely one of my ten favorite movies of the year. And, of you know, as of right now, it's probably in my five favorite movies of the year. Um, but I haven't seen The Holdovers. I haven't seen Anatomy of the Fall. I haven't seen... Um, what is it? Zone of Interest? Yeah, Zone of Interest. I haven't seen those, and those just seem like some heavyweight uh, fighters right there, frankly. So we'll see if where it falls. But frankly, every second that I think about it, it could climb up even more. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, frankly, I'm super excited to get in there with the dub. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to rewatch it for I, sure. In general, I prefer the sub. You know, show me how it was originally intended. And, you know, I don't mind reading, you know. Um, but... It's just the cast that they got together is so stacked that, you know, I'm just kind of... And now that I already know what's going on, now I'm, I'm kind of get to go and coast a little bit yeah. and, you know, kind of take it for, you know, even more what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited to see what Robbie Pat and Queen Flo and uh, what Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Hell to the, yeah. Christian Bale, oh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mark Hamill, oh, that's, that's going to be the magic. The, the Mark Hamill, you know, obviously no spoilers, but <laughs> I know Mark Hamill's playing, and give me that. Yeah. And I think, like, especially the recent Ghibli movies as well have, you know, that's a hotly debated topic, sub or dub, and, of course, I'm right there with you, whatever the original vision is, give me that. Um, but uh, Ghibli movies recently have had great dubs because of the prestige of it. So it's like you have actors coming in that want to... Miyazaki's got a movie okay I want to come in and be a part of it and uh, they're going to give their all um, and I love seeing like the returns where it's like you get Willem Dafoe back you get Christian Bale back you get Mark Hamill back it's like these are you know actors that are like I'll do it again because why not because this is one of the great filmmakers and watching those behind the scenes is always fun because it's kind of cool to see that okay these people know what they're doing. They have the respect for the man um, and things like that. So, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what that is like. And, of course, Robbie Robbie Pat going all the way, cranked up to 11, which I think you have to for that character. So Fucking weird character, <laughs> yeah. man. And which is perfect because he likes playing little weirdos. He said it himself. So. Yeah, honestly, perfect. Um, If anything, it's so weird. Willem Dafoe's standing right next to him like, dang it. Dang it. <laughs> and it's like he's kind of playing – like he plays like the – that, like, pelican in that one scene. Uh -huh. So it's like he's kind of been playing, like, a character adjacent to that. So I wonder if he's, yeah, he's kind of like, damn, mm -hmm. I wish I could have got. Um, but I know that he's just happy to be a part of whatever he's a part of. So here's the question. I know where I stand. 
But I think this is going to be a conversation come award season. Mm-hmm. Who uh, are you giving the Oscar to? I think it's down to two. Well, you know what? This one has something interesting going for it. And Well, man, you know what? I was going to say it's the swan song versus the one that kind of leaves you hanging. Now, listen. Ah, fuck. Ah, this is tough. Mm-hmm. If But guess what? Earlier in the year, or not even er- earlier in the pod, I was talking about my favorite movies of the year. And Across the Spider-Verse is probably my second favorite movie of the year. And I read a review that, frankly, I couldn't agree with more. The only complaint I have with that movie is that it ends. It's like, I don't have a bad thing to say about Across the Spider-Verse. Hands down, change my fucking life again, just like they did the first time. I think everyone involved is drooling for the next one. Now, I might be 35 before I get the next one. So, you know, I'm just sitting there soaking in uh, the pain of that. And, does you know... Does that weigh down the movie? It's mm-hmm. like the movie for just looking at it for what it is. I love blending animation styles and, you know, you sit there and you're like, okay, how can they expand on this? And you're like, oh, my God, they did it. Oh, my God, they did it. This one's just interesting because it just it's tasty on a rewatch. There's a lot to chew on and you can come back and figure out more you know if this is the swan song what a fucking movie to go out on um i don't know this is for me a a coin toss sure uh personal preference i'm always gonna shout out spidey that's my dude and you know i'm probably hearing booze on the other end of this for whoever no i think i think this is gonna be heavily divided for sure i truly think that this will be more divisive than some of the other awards at the Oscars this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, because on one hand, I think we did make a pretty good point that it's like, maybe not the most accessible movie, mm-hmm. you know? Not that that matters um, too much, but that is just a large appeal of how widespread Spider-Man reaches. Sure. And frankly, for me, they hit it out of the park. Like, it's not a home run. It's like they hit it out of the fucking stadium. And it's we're just mad because you know we didn't feel any closure, true conclusion. You know, it's it definitely feels like a part one. So I guess if there was anything to dock, it's that. And versus a complete movie, you know, I I see the argument. Yeah, I I don't know. I I was thinking about it too because it's like obviously going to come down to those two. I think I'm I'm probably forgetting other stuff, but. I think that's come the on, two. That's the two. You, know, you know what I mean? Um, it's yeah. like, come on. And I was wrestling with it a bunch too, but I think, uh, and, you know, it's a bit blaspheme coming from me, but I think you got to give it to the boy in the hair. Because, honestly, it's like, and, you know, we'll probably cover across the Spider-Verse at some point on this podcast as well, but I, you know, the further I am from it, the more problems I do have with it. Okay. And, uh, like, there's certain things about it that make me – uh, of course, literally some of the best animation I've ever seen. They pay so much respect to the character of Spider-Man, but I also think that they put a lot of disrespect on the character. Mm. And that's my problem where literally the whole focus point of the movie, I don't think I necessarily agree with. And it's an interesting take on the character, which I think is fundamentally against the character. Um, with that the he's whole an outlier, kind of? No. That... Miles, which is great because he's a great Spider-Man, is the only character that's acting like Spider-Man. 
Uh, well, in a world of Spider-Man, that's that's an interesting point. Is it? And it's like, I think, but why I'm kind of taking a step back where I'm not fully committing to that is because this may be something that's addressed in the third movie uh-huh. that we haven't gotten yet. And who knows when we'll get, because it's like, is, you know, 2099 only getting <laughs> Spider-Man that agree with him and stuff like that. And, you know, it opened, there's a whole thing that's still not explained yet because the movie is act two. Um, so it's like I still withhold full judgment from that, but that's something that even during the movie I was kind of like, interesting take, interesting take. Um, but, I mean, come on, the animation is unbelievable. But I think it's just one of those things where you do, like there's just a level of, like you said, it's like it's like watching like a Spielberg movie. It's like this man is just able to like, create and it's like i love that he has just these moments too where um you can tell that he just views it as i'm making a film and it's like for the first 30 40 minutes of this movie it's just a boy going about his life you know after something happens to him and just still beautifully animated and literally the way i was talking about it in the car to tyler was it's almost like if we saw, like, an incredible race, right? Like, imagine you recorded, like, just the fastest sprint you've ever seen, and you're like, wow, that was a record time. Holy crap, that's all-timer. But if you pressed record, like, a minute or two even beforehand, so you're just sitting, mm-hmm. and you're waiting, and it's like, yeah, it's about to go off, but you got to wait before you get there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt, where yeah. it's like, you know, once this movie's... Uh, not to get into too much spoilers sure, sure. by any means, but, you know, yeah, it is kind of a slower start, but once it takes off, you're off. Well, to, yeah, it's like you're watching an athlete in their pre-start ritual kind of going and stretching and hydrating and doing all they need to do, and then they line up, and you see the lineup even happen. Literally. In the movie. And there's like even a couple false starts where I say, oh, it's about to go great. And then it's like, yeah, as soon as they fully go into it, it's – unbelievable but like what's great about his movies too is there is as much detail put into that beginning part as there is the other part which helps you kind of live in that world a little bit oh for sure um and honestly i'm that's another reason why i'm dying to get back in there is to look at all the things from yeah you know the first little portion of it uh for like i'm i'm sure that there's just all kinds of stuff yeah yeah well, it's like, he, yeah, he just does a great job of tying stuff together. And like I said, I think every single one of his movies has improved upon a rewatch. Even if I watch it the first time, I say, well, that was literally one of the best things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> then I watch it again, I say, yeah, man, this may be one of the greatest. <laughs> like, I rewatch Princess Mononoke, and I say, Go when ahead. people are talking about epics, how is this just not top three instantly? Hey, I'm taking that over. <laughs> Insert and you avatar yeah. any of those yeah. easy like not even close yeah um but yeah master at work it will be interesting to see come march i think it's march i think it's on mario day march 10th oh really is the academy awards um uh so we'll see we'll see what they decide um but notoriously he will not be there no matter what because he when he won for spirit away he was not there to accept the oscar because he does not believe in the oscars i don't think so Fair hey, enough. Hey, yeah, Fair enough. I get it. Um, I saw Green Book win as well, man. <laughs> I mean, we've been through the trenches, man. Trust me, I know. But the highest highs pay for the lowest lows. It's like the I parasites don't... win and pay for the. Yeah, it's like I really don't give a shit. But if my shit does win, then I'm like, yeah, yeah. You see that? Be happy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, any final spoiler-free stuff before we move into kind of uh, diving into the people that have watched it? No, I mean, it's just funny to me because we even, you know, Tyler and I were joking walking out of the theater like, dang, you could easily take some LSD <laughs> and watch that movie and trip. And honestly, I would, the same way we compared it to a sprint, it's kind of like taking an edible that wears sure, in sure. like... 45 <laughs> minutes later, and you're like, oh, I'm cool. What are you talking about? This is a brrrr. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the only other thing. But definitely check it out. If you don't have anything going on, why are you wasting your time, baby? You got to be at the movie theater. Get in there. Yeah, this is one of the best movies of the year. So if you're just a fan of movies in general, too, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you at least appreciate animation. So you probably already have your tickets booked anyways. But uh, go out and see it. It's probably around you. Like I said, G Kids usually does a good job of getting it out there. So, But it will probably only be there for a week or two. Yeah, so, so jump like, on it. Yeah. Like, for real, go see it on the biggest screen you can. Uh, they, You're... You'll get your money. You'll get your, it's a trip. Okay. Now uh, we'll dive into a little bit more spoilery things. So we suggest that you leave now if you haven't seen it or you can stick around if you don't care. But there's some great moments that, you know, you need to kind of see for yourself to get the full magical effect. And we, we can't do justice to the visuals that are on screen. So this is your final warning before we dive in, dive in. Uh, Luca, I just kind of want to start where I think this can kind of just bounce us all around, but. What are the standout moments to you in this movie? I think we had the favorite, or we both had the same favorite scene. So not the, you know, take probably the thing that you're most eager to talk about by any means. But frankly, it's just the scene that's sticking with me um, the most. But it's when the little dudes are, and they fucking start flying in the air. And you're like, oh, wow. And not to mention that they're already just the cutest fucking. Mm -hmm. That's why these movies are great, too, is that it's... uh, I get annoyed by this sort of thing with Disney or Pixar that, okay, we're selling toys. There's always the cute, you know, friend or something. But in these, I love that it's even less of a character. It's almost just like a, it's the world around yeah. you. It's like an animal. You know, it's like watching a fucking squirrel, squirrel run right next yeah. to you. It's like you don't even think about it. But they just come up with the cutest fucking little <laughs> characters you've ever seen. And you're like, oh, my God. And so we see him or the little white dudes earlier. And we're like, oh, that's. Well, actually, they're like, don't let him eat the guts. <laughs> so you're like, what, what the is hell? happening? I, that's another thing I love about these movies is it's like, you know, yeah. I guess you can look at it as, like, kid-friendly stuff. But then there's the right immediately after, there's some crazy shit. Yeah. So then the blending of the two, it's like, my favorite types of movies are when you're blending genres and things. So to kind of have that and blend those, it always works just so well for me. And then to have a moment where these things are floating off into the air and you're like, oh, what's going on? They say they're going to your world. They're going to be born. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm telling you, my soul left my fucking body, <laughs> and dude. And the music that's playing uh, during the freaking moment. And then guess and what? Then. Pelicans, <laughs> pelicans eating these motherfuckers, dropping. I'm like, oh, no. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you kidding? And then they hit you with the, we didn't ask to be brought here. We're starving. I'm so, and then you're like, what the hell? In a matter of 10 minutes, I never I needed a every cigarette emotion. more in my entire fucking life. I said, am I watching a Safety Brothers movie? What's happening right now? No, that's it's unbelievable. It is like that was 
you know, full, like I've got, I got full body chills in a lot of moments in sure. this movie for sure. But that was one where it's like, even just as it's floating, like just floating up. And as soon as, cause it's like, I knew they're floating up and he said that he fell down and all that stuff. And I kind of assumed what they were, but just how it was kind of delivered is like masterclass stuff. And then for it to be under, cause you, you said it, you said it perfectly <laughs> where it's like, you know, a lot of times it can get annoying in the Disney stuff where it's like, okay, here's the cute thing that's supposed to be cute to sell toys and stuff like that. But what Ghibli does best is it's like almost all of their characters look cute. But then there's always this underlying current of like just horror. Oh, yeah. Like at, right on, right, ready to roll in in any second. Literally. That's like even the cute things can then like they start eating guts. And you're like, what is happening? But it's like they're always just there on the outskirts. Like even the birds later where it's like here's these cute things and it's like yeah they want to eat you i love that <laughs> like literally i that's exactly what i'm talking about it's like even the design of the villains for the back half of the movie i love that they're like these big dopey looking birds mm-hmm. that are super colorful they're yep. each a solid color i fucking love that frankly i just love colors yeah so um this movie is just bananas so, yeah. like it's unbelievable just the amount of colors you're getting with all the characters and stuff, not even mentioned in the world. It's like the characters are colorful, let alone the world and the environments that they're in. So everything's just popping off. But I, I specifically love that the villains are kind of like these dopey looking birds. And you're like, it's just, it almost reminds me of like the Wizard of Oz or something. 100%. Like, I don't know. It's just. Well, it's like even, well, even what's interesting about like all of his movies and it's like even because they are kind of you know they're the main antagonist for like the final act of the movie but it's like in the end it's revealed that it's like okay they're not even real they're just other people that are here and they gotta eat and survive and stuff and he does that in every single one of his movies where it's like here's the villain and it's like but see even the villain has you know the reasons for doing what they're doing and it's like that's stuff that you don't necessarily see in all of these animated films that are you know nowadays they're trying to do it more and but that usually just comes with a twist villain towards the end of every pixar and disney movie nowadays but in every single one of his movies it's like that even in princess mononoke it's like here's this person that's destroying the stuff and then it's like she she she's like i have to support all these people and it's growing by the day and I need to say, and it's like, the, he always does a great job of these underlying motivations with all these characters too. Wow. Just giving them the best designs that you've ever seen. For Literally. Anything. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's, that's just one of those standout. I think the initial fall down into the world and he's just yeah. there. And it's just, just like you said, the sound design, just, I think the score in this movie is just beautiful. Well, it's, there's just so <laughs> many, it's funny. Cause I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there just remembering all these bits and I'm like, God, that was fucking weird. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Where it's like, all oh, these pelicans just start coming at this dude. And, it's and you're like, like, what? It's like, oh, you have the feather, so you're good. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, what, what the hell what does that, that mean? What does that even mean? And then they say, why'd you open the gate? And it's like, oh, shit. Well, it's like, it's, yeah, they say, and that was something interesting, too, where it's like, <laughs> which is why I can't wait. Like, I love these type of movies where there's literally layers on top of layers going on. But it's like that whole thing of, like, if you go through the gate, you die. Like, it's like, if you go through the date, whoever goes through the gate is destined to die. So then it, like, brings up this whole thing where it's like, he goes through the gate, but it's like, then you start thinking, and I think this is kind of, like, the underlying thing of the whole movie as well, is it's like, well, isn't everyone destined to die? Isn't that, like, part of what? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even, like, that thing where he's looking into the cave, and it's like, you can tell there's, like, the answers of the universe or whatever. <laughs> well, and then they say, 
you're never seeing what's in there. It's Which like a black you, void, and yeah, you can see shit moving. moving. Uh, and you, I think that's just Miyazaki saying, you will never have the answer to that's what. That's just funny to me. That yeah. It's like, I don't know. I love that. Because it that could have just been a black void. Yeah. No. There has to be moving, something in And then there. you're sitting there, you're like, what, what the, the fuck is, is in there? And then, nope, you don't get that. And then you get introduced to, um, like, the young version of the older lady, which mm-hmm. is a great character. So Another, good. you know. Badass. Yeah. What a badass. And just how everything on that boat is animated is unbelievable. Like, everything with the sail this, was, like, like unbelievable dude, I'm telling me. you, I had the biggest grin on my face this entire... Well, we just... Obviously, on our last D&D campaign... I got the I got to play pirate like brothers, mm-hmm. and it was just that's always just a fun environment to hang out in. So for that to be kind of the second act, I guess, mm-hmm. is for us to be on the ship on an island with just water. Yeah. Oh man, I just it, what a treat, man. Yeah. Honestly, I want to know what James Cameron thinks of this thing. Oh, you know? he probably loves it. I think he I think he's talked about Miyazaki before and stuff because how like I think like you look at his stuff as well, specifically Avatar, and you're sure. like, okay, this man knows. He's watched a Miyazaki movie or two. Um, but yeah, because it's like it does feel like. You know, kind of where James Cameron has moved to with these fantastical epics and, you know, the scale is just massive. And, um, like, another moment that sticks out to me is you get a little bit of him, like, when they're in the tower for the first time and it's, like, the grand uncle or whatever. Um, which is, like, that's something always interesting, too, and Ellie brought it up where it's, like, I, I that's always in the back of my mind when you're watching, like, something sub where it's, like, stuff doesn't necessarily translate one-to-one, so then they got to find a thing that makes sense where it's, like, you know, Ellie knows a little bit of Japanese, and she was saying, like, they were calling him different names throughout the whole movie, and the thing that they were saying more than often is just old man. Mm. They were just calling him old man. Um, so it's like, I wonder, and same thing with, like, the aunt and all that. It's like, like a lot of that's just kind of, you know, you never know what you're getting. So that's what I'm curious about the dub, too, is to see what Oh, if it they plays more say- yeah, like well, a like, reveal in a way. Well, yeah, I'm just curious to see, like, what the like the english script looks like um but like that when it's like he they walk in and he sit like you know you know the stuff that i like so i have the biggest grin on my face when they walk in through this weird time wormhole thing and super then, cool and then he's just sitting at a table with a tower of shapes and he's like have a seat i said this is the best <laughs> thing i've ever seen in my life. and then they and he's like follow me and then they just walk over this hill and there's just a rock Floating, floating fucking rock looking like what the infinity stones are made and, out of and i'm get, i'm getting chills right now remembering the moment where he's just like when you know uh the main character kind of refuses to do whatever and then like there's just nothing else on his face besides he just says okay <laughs> then the whole thing just starts disappearing and those music's go like it's like you have to see it in the theater cuz it's like the music going crazy in that moment as literally it looks like time is just folding in on itself in this space. You start to see galaxies and shooting stars at the time as they're running out of this thing. I say, this is just a master at work, man. Well, what I'm, more can hey, be said? Frankly, I think Mark Hamill deserved this one after the loops they put him in for the fucking sequel trilogy. Yeah. You know, uh, however you feel about those, I think we can all agree that there probably was a better option just overall in general. So for him to be the grandmaster. Yeah. Oh, that's it, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Which it's like, and I, of course, there's going to be multiple ways to take this story. But, like, one of the things that 
just fell into my head and just stayed in there. And the more I think about it, the more it starts to make sense where it's like, you know, he come, you know, he asks this boy to sit down and it's like I, for a like all of my body. And of course it could represent a bunch of different things, but it's like this old man is Miyazaki. And it's like, it's like come into my world where like stuff doesn't really make sense. And it's just like, there's not really any physics because that's kind of what animation is, is you make your stuff yourself. And he's like, here's this tower of shapes, which could be like all of his movies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he t- taps it and it's like, you can choose to take on this, this thing that I've built, which is like Studio Ghibli, or you can go your own direction. And it's like, this is him telling his grandchildren. It's like, this is how I, when I, this is how I answer the question, how do you live is I make art. I make movies. And it's like, here, you're coming into my world that I'm showing you what I do and what has kept me alive for all this time. And it's like, you can do the same thing or you can do your own thing. And then at the end, it's like, they choose to do your own thing. He says, okay. And he just gives in and his world collapses and disappears because he's done. And it's like, if I think through that lens, it's like, how could this not be your final movie? <laughs> That's like one of the most beautiful things. Like I've like, I just keep getting shows when I think about it. Cause it is so well done to the point where it's like, you know, he has like, and he gives them, he gives them like these building blocks. And so it's at the end, it's like, he still has one where it's like, it's there for you. If you want to do how, what I did to live, it's like, it's still there, but you don't need to feel pressured to do it. And because, like, at the early stages, it's like he said that this is a movie for his grandchildren. So it's like looking at it through that lens, I think it's, like, it's so beautiful where it's, like, you see this person go to this tower, what he was drawn to, which is literally just, you know, and you see something similar repeated in How's Moving Castle where it's, like, a shooting star from the sky and it's, like, inspiration. And it's, like, he catches inspiration. And it's, like, the same thing where he goes off to the tower and he disappears. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like this man just disappears for ever since he went to that tower. And it's like that's kind of how Miyazaki is described where it's like he's a very distant man, but he like this is how he finds, you know, the will to live and the will to continue living. And, the, and he even says it in the movie where it's like you can choose to go back to that hellscape where nothing makes sense. Or it's like you can make your own worlds here and you can try to make sense of what's happening. But you don't need to. And it's like, I think that is so beautiful. And it's like, that's such a, you know, an impactful thing, which is why I think like watching it more and more, it's like, this may, this is going to age like, you know, fine wine, the more I watch it. And I think well, like, it's, I love the fact that it's a, it leaves you with a choice too. Yeah. I mean, obviously the best movies are the ones that are putting their characters in positions to make, you know, these big choices at the end, rather than making some statement of this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know. We don't get those answers. We don't get to see in the cave, you know, that little void. We, yep. I fucking love that shit, man. And it's like, and it's like him, like even the ending too, where it's like at first you're kind of like, oh wow, that's the end. But it's like it is impactful as well, where it's just like, kind of like one of those things. And it's like, you know, and it's like it's so it's so perfect because it happens after like a tragedy in the boy's life. With that scene is unbelievable animation as well. But it's like this tragedy then draws you or this uncertainty then draws you to this tower. And that's what gets you to ponder these questions and things like that. And then you return from it. Um, and it's like for him, and then it's just like life moves on. It's like you, you deal with your grief in one way and you move on to the next, or you can stay there and use it to funnel 
you know, creation. And it's like, I think it's just so, you know, it's Miyazaki cooking. And it's like, I, I truly don't understand, which is why I think it would be perfect for him to like do one of those smaller child adventure movies for his end. Because this, I think, is like, this is, it has everything that he's ever wanted to say in it. Even in like that final 10 minutes has everything that he's ever wanted to say. And I think that it's just a master class. And then on top of that, it's just, there's laughs to be had. There's Every, beautiful visuals. There's adventure. Want. There's action. It's, yeah. And there's even just like the be- that beginning, like opening thing. It's like, it's just, there's something about a Ghibli movie and multiple people have said it where it's just calming and relaxing. Even in these moments of high intensity, it's like, just a, their specific art style that they have is just so soothing to me. And like all of the environments are just painterly in a way. And it's just, you know, he takes you to a different world. Most of the time, a completely different world. But even in his movies, it's like you feel a sense of warmness that falls over you that this movie has in spades as well. So this is, you know, him cooking with gasoline and uh, if he has more in him, of course, I'm there day one to see what he's doing. Because I would be cu- like, I'd be absolutely curious to see what else he has to say. So it's called The Movie Critic. and <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> I, I'm only going to do 10 films, which I don't know how many he's up to now. Maybe like 11, 13, 12. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's funny. Um but he's like, that's a thing too. And it's like, he's a writer, like he writes these movies as well, which is like, that's always a thing that's brought up in um, like writer director is different than just a director. And Fair. this man's a writer director and people got to give him his flowers, man. This I man has to think off the top of my head what of specifically that list, what, you know, what mm-hmm. that would look like. Because what, Wes Anderson's in there? Yeah. That's a good pick. Right <laughs> that's there. a good Obviously pick. QT's. Writer director, I'd have to think about that. A yeah, that's bit. a that's you know it's a that, shorter list. Well, than it best eliminates director. people like Spielberg, Scorsese, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Kubrick works with people. To mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't write everything. I don't think. Yeah, he's he's, he's adapted stuff for sure, um, or like just done other people's scripts for yeah. sure. So yeah, that's a it makes the list smaller. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that like like we said as well, it's definitely not that accessible. But I also think that that's something that he does in general, where it's like he does kind of drop you into these worlds, like the feather thing. Like it's like I still have no like why is that specifically the heron? Like, what just is that? in general is taking L's throughout this whole. Thing. But you know what? You want to talk character design? I fucking love the yeah. the heron man. I love that that it's like. It's got a almost like a swallow inside. Of, yeah, yeah, it's like that's so cool. And it's like I guess uh, like that's also one of those things too where we're not part of that culture, so it probably has some significance. And we Ellie and I try to look in, and it's like herons definitely have a divine nature mm. uh, for the fact that they have conquered three elements, mm. where it's like air, water, and land. They can all walk on in a way. Um, so it's like I wonder if that's like. Like, because it's a divine creature, it can go between the realms. But there's, like, a lot of birds in this one. So that's what makes me curious is it's, like, uh, like yeah, why birds. it's not birds. just a bird, but, you know, it's the it's There's a parakeet the and heron. the pelican yeah. and the her- heron. It's, like, why why birds as the main kind of focal point here, which is interesting. And then even the, like, that's something, too. It's, like, are those just dead people that they, um, 
like come across that are like on the boats like that look like the translucent shadow people it's like are those just dead it's like i don't know there's so many fun things in this where it's like the same thing as spirited away where it's like all of a sudden you're just in this place where there's a bunch of spirits and stuff like that and there's no explanation for any of them and you just kind of got to piece it together yourself which i like um but i can understand if that's frustrating to a lot of people um and because yeah this one's kind of uh it throws a lot at you that's for sure and it took me a little bit to understand um well not even understand but it's like get the vibe check of what we're about to get into um but i heard it was crazy and fantastical and goes in all sorts of different directions but i oh i did hear that the ending was strong and so i was anticipating that and it, it, they kind of even fake you out with that a little bit where he goes through initially and then he like wakes back up down under the you know as he's prison um but yeah i think like even like the like Ellie pointed out as well with the shaved head looks like the hair and feather and stuff like that. There's just such an attention to detail on everything in these movies that, um, you know, it's, it's all inspiring, especially in IMAX where you just got all the detail just right up to your face. I suppose if there's any time to bring it up, it's now, but I guess I just get pissed thinking about it, but I missed the final frame of the movie, man. The final frame? Final frame. Because Tyler's fucking phone went off. Oh. And I'm like, well, first off, I am definitely the type that volume all the way down. Yeah, I tur- in yeah the I've pocket, started turning off on my phone. Vibrate off. I'm in another universe. And it was like fucking Siri talking. So I'm like, uh. I pull out my phone, and my phone's pitch black. And I look over to him, and he's like, well, I don't know. And fucking look back, credits roll, dude. I swear to fucking God. You, you if you've seen even, like, the beginning part, like, the the final frame is cool because it's just the room empty. Yeah. And they just hold on that for a little bit. But I know what you mean because guess, guess what? And I'll have a great story to tell. Well, whatever. I'll just tell it here now. Wind Rises, the exact same thing happened to me uh, where I'm watching. And that movie's like two and a half hours long. Sure, I'm watching this you thing. You earn it a little bit. And uh, when, when you watch it, too. The, like the ending is beautiful and it's like yeah and it's like i'm watching and i'm transported to a different all the dialogue is popping off i'm like this is unbelievable all of a sudden nick barges into the movie room that we had at my parents house and just starts talking to me walking up to me trying to show me something I'm like nick nick i don't credits <laughs> so it's hilarious that you had a similar experience because i couldn't i was so i was like and, you know, props to me. Props to me because I said, Nick. He's like, what, what? I just w- remained calm. I was like, I was watching a movie, man, and it was the ending, and it was uh, it was impacting me. <laughs> like, And it's one thing if it's like you're distracted from a movie you've already seen. Or no, this is your first watch. And it's like it is impacting me. The whole movie has emotionally impacted me, and then that happens to the point where I'm, like, actively, like, after everything's done, it's like I'm trying to – get myself back into the mindset to watch like the final scene it's a again different and it thing. didn't hit it didn't hit the same and it's like damn so it's like i'm excited to rewatch it Son and get that ex- bitch, man but that, i'm telling you <laughs> nothing feels I'll be worse. sour for weeks just about that until i see that again yeah nothing nothing feels worse i was man. just talking with a student about this downstairs but it's like i i did not pause movies i'm not the one that's gonna go bathroom break if it's a big deal you know it's like I'm very much 
well, you know, we try to make the stuff, man. So yeah. it's like we know that everything is there for a reason. Pacing is there for a reason. And the idea of falling asleep and I'll just pick it up wherever the fuck I fell asleep last night. Like, what it's... That I have drives to me absolutely it, yeah. crazy because it's like, yeah, man, I'm trying to ride the wave here. You know, I can't just wake up and be like, oh, I'll figure out what happens. It's like that drives me crazy, and it's funny because it's like that's how my dad rolls. Yeah, he said it'll take him three times to watch something. And it's and it's one of those things because it's like I completely agree with you where it's like I need to, to the point where it's like that's why I don't really like watch starting movies super late as well because even if I'm just tired a little bit it's like I'm not gonna give this my full attention completely and agree. if this is a movie that I really want to watch then I want to hold off and watch it when I can a thousand like it is it is so much important when you're watching yes. something if I had a bad day at work. I'm probably, I shouldn't watch the movie that I've been holding off to. Oh, I've got some free, yeah, just because you got free time doesn't mean you're in the headspace. I got to give it my full absorb attention. Absorb whatever they're throwing at you. And that's why it's like, that's why uh, I do like these more, you know, popcorny movies as well, because that is a movie that you can throw on to- and just hey, have it going. If we're watching Super Bad, you know, yeah. I don't give a fuck. It's what a, you throw if a movie on. that I've already seen, I can go to the bathroom and pick it up where I don't even need to pause it. I that, can just go to the bathroom and come back. I guess it's the same as throwing on an episode of The Office. Or 100%. And it's like that, hey, totally fine. And I'm just saying, if there's a new thing that I specifically haven't watched, I'm probably not going to fucking start at 11.45 no. at night if I know that I'm going to fall asleep. And it's like what pains me too is because I know I just can't hold, you know. It's like people watch movies their own way, but it's like to me, especially with some of these more, I don't even want to say slower, but where you know that there is a watchmaker behind the scenes and everything is so important to this movie where it's like, I don't even like looking away from the screen. You know, it was so funny. I don't even like, lo- so if I see someone looking away from the screen, it's like, you literally just missed a shot that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand that no one was talking now and it felt like a good time, but it's like that shot connects to the end of the movie that then will bring you to tears, but you missed the shot because you're just... Yeah. You check in your phone, even just glancing down to see if someone texted you. And it's like, that's why it's like, I just turn off. And that's why it's tough. Cause at home you feel a little bit more comfortable. You got stuff, but that's why it's like, I will actively like, you know, put my phone face down. If I know that this is a movie that I want, like for example, May, December, it's like, I sat down on the couch, turned off the lights, put my phone face down and said, I'm not touching anything. I'm pressing play and watching this movie all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even want to check how much time is left or whatever. It's like, I'm watching this movie, how it was intended to be watched. And I feel like that's something that comes up with streaming a lot Yeah, where it's like, you do just have the freedom to do whatever you want. And some people like that. And that's completely okay because they don't, you know, they're not as, they don't want to see the exact craftsmanship of everything. They want to be entertained, which is completely fine. But it's like, for me, it does eat me alive on the inside, even when it's just for a second. Because especially it's like, I'm showing someone a movie and it's like, and I know that's become a meme too, where it's like me glancing at reactions. But it's like, just even for a second where it truly, and it's so minuscule. And, but it's like, to me, it's like that, that five seconds changed my life (laughs) and you don't understand what you just missed where it's like the shot of it's like for example there's this the shot in after sun or it's just like the polaroid right Mm -hmm. and it's like i can understand the urge to like want to look but it's like to me to sit in that moment (laughs) means so much to the movie and it's like i can understand if it's like you just like it's like oh the immersion is broken 
the immersion is broken. Well, anytime I even want to check my phone, that's on the filmmaker, man. That so hundred percent. In a way, it's like, okay, what fucking time are we getting out of here? Because this shit's killing me. So it's like I get it, and not every movie needs to be salivated over like that. But you know, that's I guess that's just the difference. And people. Well, it's it's part of part of me too is like. And, you know, that's why it's different when you show people. Because it's like with us, there's a different underlying current when we're showing each other a movie or something like that. But it's like if someone that, that's showing me a movie that they like a lot, I'm going to give it my full attention. Because totally. it's like I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. So that I I can have a f- completely formulated opinion to be like I didn't like it or I loved it. But it's like I understand where it's like, hey, if you are checking your phone, it's like maybe the movie's not for you or you're mm-hmm. bored or whatever. Um, but if it's specifically a movie that... I want to see what this director, what this team has done. And like, cause sometimes it's like you may be bored in a moment, but you witness something that then comes back later on. It's important. That is like, just, Oh, you feel it where it's like, you miss the shot earlier and you see it again. And you're like, okay, yeah, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but did you see when they repeated the same shot sequence from that? And it was under, a it's like different... checking your phone at the one take and Shaun of the dead, just cause he's walking to the store. Yeah. Dude. It's like, dude, they you're did missing the same so, fucking missing thing. So much. Yeah. Oh man. No, I'm with you. Well, it's funny. Cause, uh, this is right before I went to Florida, um, to visit my fam for Thanksgiving. And I was mad cause everybody keeps bringing up the killer. And I haven't watched it yet. And I was telling, like, I can't even remember who we were talking to, but I was like, yeah, I still haven't caught it. And she's like, oh, dude, why just download it on your phone, watch it on the plane. And I stopped and I just looked at her. And then she thought about it and she's like, never mind. I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's just funny because it's like, think about what director we're talking about. Not exactly. David Fincher. Exactly. Fuck no. You're t- every inch of the frame is there for a reason. It's surgical. Literally. Yeah. I'm like, I was just, now I did watch a movie on the plane. and But that's the difference of what I we're pick, talking about. I pick my movies based on what. I watched fucking Midnight in Paris, Woody Allen, yeah. like just this kind of night at the museum, mm-hmm. you know, little... Also like that movie for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, not supporting the man. Don't but, like the man, but the yeah. Movie's but out. the movie definitely. Well, somebody described it. Came and suggested it to me. He's kind. He's like kind of like Night at the Museum for adults. And yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Side note, but um, some great performances too from the people that play like the historical totally figures for like a scene. Fucking great, man. Like maybe definition for me like three and a half with a like. If yeah. not, maybe on a good day four. Yeah. Uh, it's just and lost me a little bit. I I think we could have had a yeah a pretty tasty ending there. I'm with you. Didn't. But it's like yeah, I watched uh, um, like I watched like Don't Worry Darling on like the plane. Oh God. So it's like that's one where it's like I'm See, cu- I'm curious going into that. I knew that was gonna be. You're talking Florence Pugh yeah. and that. I just know that's a horny movie, and I'm don't want to be the guy on a plane who's like you don't care about it at all. You're telling me you don't give a shit at all if you're just if you're in the middle seat and you're what you're gonna watch Babylon or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think. What's... I knew that it wasn't Babylon. Yeah, so I was fine. I don't know. There's some there's some sure, pretty gnarly sure. shit in there. But it's like here's what I'll say is that it's like there it's or like, like Saltburn. You watching Saltburn on a plane? From what I've heard, no, I'm not watching Saltburn on a plane. But I will say like I feel like and there is some horny moments and don't worry, darling. But I would say that it was oversold a little bit. Where it's like there is moments, it's but it's not like Saltburn. it's yeah, I'll it's put like it that it's way. like a it's sex not. scene in any other movie. That I guess, I guess that's fair. And it's like it was one that I was curious about. I knew it wasn't going to be the greatest, but I wanted to check it off my list. 
And so, like, that's the type of movie that I'll watch on a plane or whatever. Totally agree. Like, I'm always I, curious to see what new stuff they got on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that I or missed a rewatch, in a theater. Like, I rewatched Shrek. That's like, uh, Shrek. I was pissed. I watched uh, uh, Devil Wears Prada. I've never seen. Are you kidding? Dude, that movie no, rocks. I, I know I'd like it, too, so I got to oh, watch it. I'm telling you, easily. <laughs> like, that's some prime Meryl Streep, man. I got to watch it. Oh, wow. It's funny because I just think about that kind of movie, and that's just one of my favorite ones for sure. And you want to talk about all-time supporting. Stanley Tucci's just throwing 99. (laughs) He's fucking great from the minute he enters the movie, man. Sure. I mean, I don't doubt it for a second. That man cooks. Um, But, yeah, man, I feel like especially, like, if it's a movie that I'm excited for or I'm excited to show someone or anything like that, it's like I got to lock in. I can't be having any distractions. I mean, you know, hey, if somebody's got to take it seriously, who else would it be? You if, know what I mean? If I'm going to the theater as well, it's like unless and it's like I'm even sitting through Avatar where there's lots of water. I'm not going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I came to watch this movie. I'm going to try to the point where it's like if it's a longer movie, I may not get a drink. Totally. Because I, I don't want to go to the man, bathroom. We went to see Killers of the Flower Moon in theaters. Yeah. It's like I don't want to go to the bathroom. What was now, that 340? Yeah, dude, that's almost four. That's like Return of the King, man. <laughs> the uh, but for example, <laughs> when when Movie Pass was at its height, yep. it's like I would be seeing shit every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like I think the last movie that I went to the bathroom mid movie for a movie that I've never seen before was I went to go see Pacific Rim Uprising, and it was mm. like we're about halfway through the movie, and I was just like, yeah, man, whatever. <laughs> I just <got> up. <laughs> I just got up and went to the bathroom. Uh, but it's like, yeah, to the point where it's like, if I'm seeing a movie in the theater, I'm trying all of my willpower to not go to the bathroom. I'm making plans so that I don't go to the bathroom. I'm pissing before I walk yep. out the door, and I'm pissing one right before I walk into yep. the theater. Yep. It's like, I'm making sure. And guess where my first stop is when the movie's done? Bathroom. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just got to time it accordingly for sure. Yeah, I just don't. And I feel like there's... You know, people have been talking to, and this is a topic for a whole nother podcast, but, like, just movie theater etiquette as well, where it's, like, for the most part, it was good last night, but it's, like, I feel like that's going downhill. If anything, I was the motherfucker that was coughing, man. But that's okay. I was just, it was truly killing me. I could tell. Fucking killing me that I was the dude coughing, and it was the quietest part of the fucking movie. I couldn't believe it. It was silent. I was waiting. I was literally sitting there, oh. Hold my breath, waiting for any sort of noise. We're sitting in the deadest fucking room ever. I couldn't fucking for believe like five it. minutes. Did we tell you who we saw when we walked out to our car? Who? Get this. <laughs> we want. We you know we say our goodbyes. Tyler and I go to get in our car, and then we see a a car that looks pretty familiar, and there's smoke coming out of it. Max Burke? Really? Hey, man, what are you up to? He says, oh, my God, I just got out of the boy the Heron. Really? I swear to fucking God. And we just start laughing. He said, oh, you assholes didn't invite me? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, I was going to I was gonna say, it's like. It's like, man, it was the D&D group. Well, it's like, that's for sure something that I was like, I'll go see. If Max hasn't seen it, I'd go see it again. Literally. Did he say that he liked it? Oh, yeah. He's like, man, well, I think, what did he say? He's like, I heard some people. Didn't like it. Like, I guess whoever the... Probably just some motherfuckers online. Mm -hmm. So whatever the hell that means. But regardless, it's like he was saying that that he was getting some mixed 
stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what they're talking about. This is just as fucking good as any of the other shit that he does, which also fucking rocks. Yeah. So, yeah. No. No, yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff that I was seeing, like, I of course, you see the mixed stuff on Letterboxd or whatever, but I nowadays I can't even really trust some of that. But from what I saw, it's like people loved it. But I don't want to, I never want to get my expectations too high, especially, like, even before reviews and stuff like that for Babylon, it's like that's burned me forever where I'm just not going to get excited for things or try my best not to get to that level of excitement. But Well, come on, man. You know what I mean? It's like he, you're going to take the excitement out of it for no, you? No, 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 just not you that level. can't the balloon, baby. When I sit, just because it popped doesn't when I, mean the... When I sit down in the theater, my mindset is I hope I like it. And I sit down and I lock in where it's like yesterday you were asking me, it's like, so what's the word? And it's like, the word is, is that this movie rocks. <laughs> but right now, I'm going into it like I hope I, I hope I it vibes with me, um, and it did. Um, I think it, it's another masterpiece for my dude. Okay, so what's an example for you of one that your expectations were the roof and it hit it? Uh, La La Land. Yeah. Well, see, that one was interesting because it's, and you know, it's so funny is it's like I was super looking forward to that. Um, when it, but it just didn't come to Jackson like right when it came out. So it's like I actually caught that one later, but that was like one of the movies I most wanted to see. And after the trailer, it's just funny because it wasn't until I was in the theater that I realized that it was set right now. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like an old school sure, thing. Sure. So it was just I literally laughed fucking out loud just watching it because I said, oh, oh it's expect- set right now. Yeah, my expectations <laughs> were completely. Well, it's funny because it's like the story that I always tell, and it's my first ever letterbox review, which I think I'm keep like it's like I'll forever keep that. Where it's like at the end of that movie, you know, I'm not gonna give spoilers for La La Land on the Boy of the Hair and podcast, but at the end of that movie, it's very emotionally charged, mm-hmm. and so like the credits roll, and I'm sitting there crying, and it's like I'm crying with a smile on my face, and it's one of those things where it's like I in that moment. I couldn't tell you if I was crying because of the ending of the movie or because when it ended, I couldn't believe that it was that good. (laughs) (laughs) Where it lived up to and exceeded all of my expectations when I watched it for the first time. That's the only movie I've seen twice in theaters in the same day. Noon. Went by myself because I said, wait, that my aunt was like, oh, have you seen this? I said, no, I haven't been. She's like, I just went to see it yesterday. It just got here. I said, are you kidding? I'm literally left. Immediately. It was that morning. Went at noon. Same exact fucking thing. And I like, I had to make a call afterwards and said, what are you doing at 8 o'clock? We're going going to that. (laughs) Unbelievable. But like, that's the, that's the example that comes to my brain, uh, in terms of expectations. But like, that's even dangerous, man. I don't know. I just tried to, you know, keep expectations in check nowadays, but sometimes you, the hype takes over. The hype takes over and that's okay because hype is powerful. It's interesting, like, I think about, hmm, once about time in Hollywood, I don't think hit the expectations in my head, although that was still maybe one of the best movie theater experiences I've For ever sure. had. Um, that movie, just in general, I think, was different than anything that we thought it was going to be going in. It was just a lot calmer, and obviously... It gives you the big ending that you've been, frankly, waiting for or come to expect with that name, you know, written and directed by. Um, so it was just different. And it maybe even took me a couple times to even appreciate it in the way that I do. Like, I still liked it a lot. It just has all my favorite people in it at a time that I am just so interested in. 
it's about movie. Like literally, it's like it's so I couldn't even describe to you a movie yeah. that's more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And then you say, guess what? He's about to do another one in the fucking late seventies, and it's gonna be the same fucking deal. <sighs> oh boy! I hope I hope that's great. I'll keep my expectations. Well, it's just funny because you know we sit here and we say, oh, it's like. We're, we're talking about swan song, yeah. saying everything you want to say. Yeah. It's like, when I think of the man, yeah, like once upon a time makes a lot of sense to me. So it's like, okay, if you just did that and now you're doing this, what do you what have to say? You, have? Yeah. you know, what are you trying to say? I don't know, though. With it's called the movie critic. I think he's trying to go out with some middle fingers and really just. But it's like, to me, it's one of those things where. And, you know, this is funny that it's turned into QT talk. But um, to me, I don't, like, I think it would become insincere if it's, like, him taking shots at movie critics, though. Because his movies are universally critically acclaimed. Fair. So it's, like, that's one of those things where it's, like, you're literally going for the loud minority. Like, it's, like, that seems a bit insincere. So that's why it's, like, I truly am curious to see what it is. Well, it might be pro the critic. That's what I'm saying. I like, think, it's like, like, I don't think it's, like, anti-movie critics. Like, you know, if anything, he just gets bugged because the f- he's been hit over the head with the violence, violence thing. thing yeah. um, well, they're not true. He's been hit over the He's Frankly, he's been asking for a lot of shit. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It, I'm 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 definitely curious. But, man, you know what's funny? It's like, let's say Once Upon a Time was the swan song. Boy in the hair, and I think some better swans. It just it just is one of those things where you can tell that he's putting it all out there, and that's what I like about it. Um, And especially like the more I think about it, and especially my take on it, it's like I just think that's so beautiful. Um, And I think you know that's one of his intended meanings. I'm sure there's you know a million other ones, but um, yeah, I think. But like you said, it's like we're in this era where we're seeing, and luckily, I think the we have a great batch of young filmmakers as well coming up. Um, but it's I'm, like, I'm looking at one of them right now. Oh, come on now. Um, you know, it will be, it will be the light switch moon. That's the, the group that will come up strong. Um, but I think that we're watching an era where, uh, you're watching a bunch of these old heads kind of give their last movies and stuff like that and we're kind of seeing this transition period mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting time i don't know how to feel man. i don't know how to feel either but it's a very well, it's interesting just, time god this is a crazy story but just kind of this idea of people that have been around since we were born that just feel like they're always supposed to be there you know almost like furniture at your own house it's like that was always there that's yeah. been there my entire life I just remember having the same exact thought. Like, literally, it still blows my fucking mind. Because you know who I thought that about? I said, what's Kobe Bryant going to look like when he's old? Mm -hmm. Like, what's him and Shaq going to look like? I had that fucking thought the week before he passed. I couldn't believe it. And it's just the reality of, I'll never get to know what that looks like. So, you know, some of these filmmakers, frankly, even some of the talent, it's like, I've never thought about a world that didn't have a Samuel L. Jackson in it. You know, just some of these people that are always there every year that it's like, and when they're not, it's going to be just, I don't know. Man. Well, it was it was one of those things where it's like, I remember growing up and, you know, celebrities would die or musicians would die and my parents would get really sad. And it's like, I knew who these people were. Like, for example, it's like, 
I knew who Michael Jackson was. Sure. And it's like, that was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was like my parents were like, oh man, the king of pop, all this stuff. Like I remember actively on the radio, uh, they announced it like the king of pop has died. At what, and my mom's like, oh my God, oh my. And I'm like, man, that's sad. And it didn't, cause it's like, it didn't, he wasn't necessarily a huge impact on my personal life. But then it's like, I never knew if I was gonna connect like that to celebrities or anything like that. And I remember the first one that like truly like kind of like devastated me for the rest of the day when it happened was I remember when Robin Williams died mm. and I I just looked up, I was on Twitter or whatever. And I saw, I said, it like took me a little bit to like comprehend what, cause it's like, this is at the time too, where I'm getting into like his serious performances. I'm like, man, what, a, what an incredible human. Mm-hmm. And then to see like that he passed away and all that stuff where it's like. And how? Frankly. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent where it's just like, I understand where it's like, you know, and that's the power of art and performance and all this stuff where it's like these things will will tear me up when certain things happen for sure. Where it's like, yeah, man, it's it's going to be tough where we, we have a lot of these older people <coughs> that, you know, ho- hopefully they got a lot of time left. But for sure, we're being realistic. Well, I mean, shit, they even thinking about the boy in the hair and it's like this motherfucker's in his 80 popping off stuff like that. So, you know. I think that there's a lot of people that still have some years on them to make some stuff. You know, we'll get a couple more Spielbergs. We'll get a couple more, maybe one more Scorsese, if not a couple more, mm-hmm. you know. And what um, you get, too, is you're watching a artist at the end of their journey. And sometimes you, like, for example, The Boy in the Hair, and you get just powerful reflections. And to be able to see through their eyes in these moments, I think, is an extreme um, pleasure and a gift as well. So, like, obviously, obviously, it's super sad to think about it that way. But at the same time, not to sound like a spoiled brat, but we fucking love reflective movies. Yeah. Man. So it's like all these people just doing movies. But you know, yeah. what, what's I'm always curious to see. You know, if it is the end, what what's what are you interested in? You know, hundred percent. What are you looking back on? And I think that's uh, you know, this movie looks back on a lot. Um, and you know, you're watching one of our best creative minds step up to the plate one more time and hit a home run. So um, go and see it, uh, treat yourself, um, and then just sit in the car for a little bit afterwards and just think. Maybe smoke a cig for sure. Smoke a cig. Yeah. You're, you'd are you be doing it in his honor because that's what he does. He just chain smokes and while he's listen, going. Listen, you know he was chain smoking his ass off making this yeah. thing too. So Uh-oh. you know what? It's all love. But it's funny you brought up Michael Jackson passing earlier. People were coming up to me like I lost a loved one in my family. Like, I was just, I've always, you know, I feel yeah. like in my whole life I've worn my interests on my sleeve. So it's like, I, they just called me the 80s kid when in middle school mm-hmm. and like teachers said, oh, that's the 80s kid. Cause it's like I always was wearing old band tees and Michael Jackson shirts and stuff. And wow, that, that was probably the first big one. Yeah. But I mean, frankly, that was my favorite artist as a kid. So. I started, you know, I got, I got it pretty, that was a pretty deep cut uh, immediately for sure. But yeah, there's something to be said about, um, you know, these artists, these people that have affected us towards the end of their journey and what that means. Uh, But yeah, man, one of the masters is in theaters yet again. Check it out if you have a pulse. Um, And then I guess we'll see what happens come award season with this thing, man. I'm curious. Uh, I think you sold me. I think that... uh, yeah, you know, before, well, even at the start, I'm like, it's 50-50, but I think he sold me on it. I think I'm going to go the boy in the hair and best animated feature. 
And we'll see. Maybe they have a vendetta against him, though, since he didn't show up to the previous one that they Which gave Which also him. means i got to update my letterbox. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the On Twos podcast. Uh, next week we'll be back with another Ghibli, but not Miyazaki, in Whisper of the Heart. And then uh, we will update you from there where we'll go. Um, but I'm excited to once again hop back into these episodes and continue on um, our animated movie journey. So thank you for coming along with us, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.